I said to the people of the Philippines whence I came, I shall return. Sheboygan? I'd kill him in Sheboygan. It's all my friends back in my hometown, Milwaukee. Welcome to Wisconsinology. I'm Frank Anderson. Be sure to visit us at wisconsinology.com and like us on Facebook. Also, you can sponsor Wisconsinology. Just go to patreon.com, type in Wisconsinology, keyword, or patreon.com backslash Wisconsinology. We would greatly appreciate your sponsorship of this show and upcoming videos on our soon-to-be-launched video channel. And, as I said before, you can keep track of all of this at wisconsinology.com. Today, we are going to touch on the supernatural in particular, an exorcism that occurred in the previous century, but is known today as the most significant, certainly the most publicized exorcism in American history. This exorcism took place in Iowa, but all, all of its key players were from Wisconsin. Folklorist and author Robert Gard once said, Wisconsin is the most haunted state in the Union. I would like to rephrase that as Wisconsin is the most weirdly haunted state in the Union. So, without any further wait, let's get on with the exorcism of Emma Schmidt. In 1928, an exorcism was performed at a convent in Earling, Iowa. It was a long and brutal affair. It was performed in three stages over a period of three months. Many of you who are listening have already seen this exact event. The described physical details of this Iowa exorcism became source material for William Peter Blatty's novel, The Exorcist. And these physical details were portrayed in the subsequent movie of the same name. So if you have seen The Exorcist, you have already seen what I am about to talk about. Little is known about the possessed woman in this case, but we are almost certain that her name was Emma Schmidt. A document of this case, a 40-page, 40-plus page pamphlet, published in the 1930s called Begone Satan, the title a reference to Matthew 4.10, Jesus, of course, the original exorcist. This pamphlet refers to the woman as Anna Eklund, and that is possibly a cover name to protect her identity. She appears as Mary X in another publication, an account written by Father F.J. Bunsey, and it is called The Earling Possession Case, an Exposition of the Exorcism of Mary, a Demoniac. This book was published in 1934 and is supposedly taken directly from the notes of the exorcist in this case, Father Theophilus Riesinger. So we will, from this point on, be using Begone Satan, the initial pamphlet, as our primary source. 
This book, Begone Satan, was initially distributed to seminaries around the United States. It was quite popular. Copies snuck out, the word got out, and it became a minor sensation in the Catholic world. Now remember, it was not translated into English until later. It's written in German. But this pamphlet was popular, popular to the point of its key figure, the exorcist, Father Theophilus Riesinger, being mentioned by none other than Time magazine, which was an important weekly publication back then. Here's a quote from Time magazine. In St. Anthony's Monastery of the Capuchin Friars at Marathon, Wisconsin last week, a wise and white-haired monk named Reverend Theophilus Riesinger went about his daily meditations, indifferent to the fact that he was widely publicized among U.S. Catholics as a potent and mystic exorcist of demons. Unquote. It is interesting to note that this exorcism in 1928 would be a second meeting between the possessed and the exorcist. Father Riesinger, at this time, 1928, had been performing exorcism since 1912, and Emma Schmidt, then in her 20s in 1912, was his very first exorcism. Now, this is a very complicated case, and I will do my best to distill the narrative. There is a great deal of Catholic boilerplate in Begone Satan. There are rules, hierarchy, minutia going on throughout the entire ordeal. And this goes on between the exorcist and the demons. At times, Lucifer and his lieutenants come off more as officious Catholic office clerks rather than the insidious fallen angels that they are. They seem to be completely versed and strangely obedient to official church rules and procedure, and they love to argue about it. This may be a bias uh, by the author of Begone Satan, Father Vogel. However, it must be said, Father Vogel did interview the people who were directly involved with the case. Father Joseph Steiger of Erling, Iowa, being the main witness, it is safe to say that this entire matter, this entire book, is the testament of Reverend Joseph Steiger. So, why is this story in Wisconsinology? Well, Father Theophilus Riesinger, who chose Erling, Iowa as the site of the exorcism, was based in Appleton, Wisconsin. He also served St. Anthony's in Marathon, Wisconsin, but he was mostly, at this time, based in Appleton at a monastery there. And Emma, Emma Schmidt, the possessed, was, and once again, her past is a cloud, was from either Marathon, Wisconsin or Marathon, Iowa, but of the two, Marathon, Wisconsin makes much more sense as her previous exorcism had been performed there in 1912. Emma Schmidt was in her 40s in 1928. She was born in the 1880s. She was born most likely in Wisconsin. Her mother died when she was small, and she was raised by an abusive father named Jacob and this mysterious mistress who may or may have not existed at all. Her name was Mina. It is alleged that Mina was a sorceress and a practitioner of dark arts. And as revealed in the second exorcism of Emma Schmidt, a child killer. 
I don't know what that means. There are a lot of mental illness issues involved in this case. The study of mental illness was very young at this time. And who knows how this case would have been handled today. I don't know. But the revelation of this mysterious person, Mina, being a child killer, uh, begs the question, was she a midwife who did abortions on the side? Uh, Definitely a sin from the Catholic point of view. Or did she lure small children into her lair like most popular versions of witches do and cook them and eat them? Newspaper accounts of early 20th century Wisconsin mention witches and wizards quite frequently. Wisconsin at this time is a place of a very recent and massive group of immigrants, mostly their peasants, peasant farmers, representing the complete map of pre-World War I Europe and Scandinavia. At this time, one could travel through a number of small towns in Wisconsin and hear English only spoken as a second language. These immigrants arrived in a haunted landscape already dominated by the largest number of burial mounds, effigy mounds, and petroglyphs, religious symbols, magic rocks, in all of North America. But they did bring their demons with them, and the practice of witchcraft is frequently mentioned. It is said that Emma Schmidt was a serious and devout Catholic until the age of 14, then things changed. Episodes of hysteria and strange behavior followed. She constantly hears voices. She is reported to abhor all things of religious nature. She attacked a priest who blessed her. She talked of strange and deviant sexual desires all the time. Objects near her move on their own. By 1908, she is deemed to be completely possessed by demonic forces. In 1912, in Marathon, Wisconsin, Father Theophilus exercised her demons. It is written in Begone Satan, the primary source once again for this remarkable case, that her evil father, Jacob, and his witch mistress, Mina, began immediately casting spells and placing curses on poor Emma, thus setting up this return engagement, a final great battle for the soul of Emma Schmidt between Lucifer himself and Father Theophilus. Father Theophilus Riesinger was born in Stelza, Bavaria. He emigrated to the United States in 1892. He was ordained a priest in New York City, and a few years later he found himself first in Marathon, Wisconsin, and later in Appleton, often splitting his time between the two Wisconsin parishes. He was a Capuchin. Capuchins wore distinct brown robes, the color of which describes cappuccino coffee. Here's a description of Father Theophilus by a good friend and compatriot. Quote, I was on the missions with Father Theophilus for over 22 years. He was always considerate of the failings and shortcomings of others. His correction was fatherly and sincere. He always had an encouraging word for his fellow man and rejoiced in their success. He was ever ready to substitute for or take over work for another. In his prime, he preached five or seven times a day without complaint or fatigue. While traveling and in the rectory, he was a pleasant companion. He was well-liked by priests and people. And to this, quote, let's add, 
he was a brilliant linguist. And of course, today he is known as America's foremost exorcist. So here we are, it's 1928, and Father Riesinger finds himself pondering a difficult situation. Emma Schmidt is once again possessed, and the demonic phenomena around her was increasing and becoming more powerful than ever. She was examined by doctors in Wisconsin, but as Skip James, the brilliant and eccentric black blues singer, who would soon, in about two years, cut some of the most important recordings of American music at the recording studios of Paramount Records in Grafton, Wisconsin, as Skip James sang, All the doctors in Wisconsin can't cure my ills. So, Theophilus contacted his friend, Reverend Joseph Steiger, and arranged to have the exorcism performed at a Franciscan convent there in Earling, Iowa, a small town near the Nebraska border, easily accessible by rail, yet secluded enough to be out of the public eye. He did not want Emma to suffer through this ordeal in her hometown, Marathon, Wisconsin, nor did he want to perform the rite in Appleton. So Emma was carefully transported to the convent. She arrived in mid-August 1928. It is important to note that Emma's father, Jacob, Jacob Schmidt, and his mistress, Mina, were now deceased. It's important because they will shortly reappear in Earling. Father Theo arrived alone on the train. Reverend Steiger drove his brand new car, he was very proud of it, to the train station. He picked up Father Theo and brought him to the convent. And it began. Emma Schmidt was brought into a room and laid upon a mattress on an iron-framed bed. There were nuns, one on each side, another looking on, standing by, and they were holding her arms gently but firmly. Joseph Steiger and his housekeeper, Teresa Wegerer, are there as well. Father Theophilus began the rite of exorcism with prayers. Immediately, Emma sank into a deep, unconscious state. She would remain in that state throughout the entire ordeal, her eyes tightly shut, so tightly that they could not be forced open. It was at this point, and I quote, from Begone Satan, a hair-raising scene occurred. With lightning speed, the possessed dislodged herself from her bed and from the hands of her guards. Her body, carried through the air, landed high above the door of the room and clung to the wall with a tenacious grip. All present were struck with a trembling fear. Father Theophilus alone kept his peace. So, we are now in a place where gravity does not matter. We are also in a place where the movie, The Exorcist, almost blow for blow, begins to echo the physical effects of the exorcism in our tale. With great effort, and these nuns are being described as rather big and strong, with great effort, Emma was removed from the wall and placed back upon her bed. Immediately, she begins to howl in multiple voices. It is described to sound 
like a pack of wild beasts let loose. This howling is heard far from the convent. People in town report hearing it. And sometimes this howl emanating from Emma Schmidt is answered. And this is a very frightening part. I quote, A loud, shrill voice rent the air as though it were far off somewhere in a desert. This, and I quote again, this struck with a terrible fear that penetrated the very marrow of their bones. Now, I am not going to give a day-by-day account of this long and very difficult exorcism, one that took a harsh physical and psychological toll on everyone involved. I'm absolutely certain that Reverend Joseph Steiger suffered PTSD from this event. Father Theophilus alone remains, outwardly at least, resilient. In the ensuing days, Emma, and remember, she is in a subconscious state this entire time, her eyes shut tightly, would vomit and defecate often and, I quote, in quantities that were, humanly speaking, impossible. Up to 30 buckets a day were being filled and emptied. Bear in mind, she was barely eating a thing and, in fact, towards the end of the exorcism would need an IV. The stench was intolerable. Flies and mosquitoes would appear in swarms and suddenly vanish. Emma's lips would suddenly expand to the size of a hand and then quickly deflate. Her head would change shape. I quote, Her pale, death-like emaciated head took on the shape of an inverted water pitcher. She levitates. She is violently averse to holy water and holy symbols. And she knew things, private things, about everyone present. She recites the sins of all the nuns who are there. She predicts the immediate future, including a jarring and near-fatal car wreck that nearly took the life of Reverend Steiger. He was shaken, but not physically injured. He returned to the convent and was immediately confronted by the demons in Emma. What about your new car? she hissed. That dandy auto, which was smashed to smithereens, she asks. She seems to relish targeting Joseph Steiger, who admittedly does not have the strength and iron will of Father Theophilus. And he is rattled. He barely makes it through this entire ordeal. As the days progress, it becomes clear that Emma Schmidt is possessed by many demons, and Father Theophilus makes them all reveal their names. There is Basilbub. Basilbub is best described as Lucifer's chief lieutenant. He is also known, famously, as Lord of the Flies. But also there is her father, Jacob Schmidt, and his mistress, Mina, who we soon learn is also Emma Schmidt's aunt. Judas Iscariot makes an appearance. There are numerous lesser demons, and these demons speak in all conceivable languages. Father Theophilus, the master linguist, continually changes language throughout the exorcism. In the end, something unique in all the annals of recorded exorcism occurs. During the height of the exorcism, Father Theophilus sees Lucifer himself with Basilbub at his side. The two 
are surrounded by flame. The room itself is described as being immersed in flame. They are glaring at Father Theo. Lucifer is described as extremely tall. The lower part of his body is dark matted fur. His feet are hooves. Again, from Begone Satan, through the powers of Christ, he had been deprived of his original might. They're talking about Lucifer. As even now, through exorcism, his influence was further diminished. Father Theo asked him one time, What can you accomplish, you helpless Lucifer? To which he replied, What could you do if you were bound as I am? This occurs in the last minutes of the final exorcism. And this took place, remember, this is an exorcism in three stages. Emma arrives in August. It is now December 23rd, 1928. It is the final night of this exorcism. At this point, Father Theophilus has been awake and performing the rite of exorcism for three consecutive days and nights. It all ends with a flurry of prayers and commands from Father Theophilus. Emma Schmidt suddenly straightens up in bed, announces the names of her demons, and then, and for the first time in months, she opens her eyes. She was well. The demons were vanquished. Father Theophilus would return to Appleton, sometimes marathon, and resume his busy daily schedule. He was a popular lecturer in Appleton. He often lectured about exorcisms. A photograph taken outside St. Joseph's Church in Appleton shows Father Theo, a jovial, white-haired man with a kind glint in his eye. You can't help but smile when you see him. He died in 1941. He suffered a heart attack while he was at the altar. His funeral was one befitting of the true warrior monk He's described that way, that he was. A long procession of brown-robed capuchins behind a horse-drawn carriage carrying his casket. He's buried in Appleton. If you look him up in Wikipedia, he is described as being buried in Marathon. That is not true. He's not far from where I'm now sitting. For us, he remains Father Theophilus Riesinger, capuchin, priest, linguist, and exorcist. All of the nuns at the convent in Erling requested transfers and were gone within a year. Little is known of Emma Schmidt, who online is often referred to as Anna Eklund. It is said that Emma returned to Erling to make a novena during Thanksgiving, where she's described as being at peace. Someone who was not at peace was Reverend Joseph Steiger, our main witness. His housekeeper, Teresa Wegerer, said these words at a later interview. I quote, I was witness to almost the whole period of the exorcism of the Erling possession case, and I can truthfully say that the facts mentioned in the pamphlet Begone Satan are correct. Some of the scenes were even more frightful than described in the booklet. There is not the slightest doubt in my mind that the devils were present, and I will never forget the horrible scenes, vile, filthy, as long as I live. Reverend Joseph Steiger passed away in 1938. He was no longer the bright-eyed man who proudly drove a brand-new car to pick up his dear old friend, Father Theophilus, at a railroad station in Earling, Iowa. 
in the fall of 1928. This has been Wisconsinology. Thanks for listening. My name is Frank Anderson. Until next time.